Hi everyone, welcome to In Your Element from Tetramap, where our focus is on developing people and business the way nature intended. Our guests will be sharing their expertise on what it's like when you're working in your element and working in a great team where people value each other's differences. I'm Louise Duncan, your host, and look forward to sharing this with you in the coming weeks. So today's guest is Alex Villarreal from Monterrey in Mexico. Hola, Alex. Hi, Louise. How are you? I'm great, and welcome to you. What a beautiful part of the world you live in. I live in Monterrey, Mexico, in the northern uh, part of the country. We have a lot of mountains and desert and a lot of uh, great wilderness and nature just all over around us. Cool. <laughs> well, Alex, it's fantastic to have you with us today for the podcast. Um, and let me provide a short introduction for those listeners who don't know you yet. In his professional capacity, Alex is an experiential training and development professional. He works as a consultant, a coach and facilitators. And his focus generally is on leadership and high performing teams with clients including Semex, Cisco Systems, Whirlpool, Mars and GE. Uh, Alex serves on the board of directors of the Experiential Training and Development Alliance. So Alex, I just wondered if you could explain what experiential training is and how does it differ from other types of training? Yes, thank you, uh, Luis. Uh, in this area of learning and development, when we say experience, we are talking about a process where the participant can get full immersion with hands-on in uh, experience. So the experiencing is designed in such a way where the person or the group, the team is challenged. Uh, and from this challenge, they are moved into a new place where they cannot get a chance to, to react, behave and experience, try different things from what they would do in a normal or a standard setting. There is a discovery, and from that discovery, they take out the learnings to apply and bring to another scenarios from day-to-day -day work. Right, that's very clear. Thank you, Alex. And so that's very different to the majority of types of training, where it's, this is, sounds like it's very active involvement and discovery rather than just... Uh, teaching and doing things passively. Yes, that's right. And outside of work, Alex is also a fascinating guy. He successfully summited Mount Everest. He's crossed Greenland on skis and climbed the highest and many of the most remote mountains around the world and also enjoys being an ultra marathon trail runner. <laughs> so Alex I'm just wondering you know it says you that you enjoy those things and I'm, I'm asking you to tell us please why what's so enjoyable about those things well th this is a question that I often get asked 
it's hard to explain why running several hours in the wilderness, wilderness or passing several days in a mountain trying to reach the top is so appealing for me and others that we love uh, not only adventure, but, but adventure in a challenge that takes several days or hours to accomplish. And there is just something beautiful about being in a place immersed in an experience where you kind of feel in a life or death situation. We are not really there, but we feel like and when you feel, when you get into that scenario, then everything that is not kind of in the very core of life just disappear out of your mind. Right. So it takes you to the edge in a way where you're very close to what's so important to you. Yes, exactly. And in that state, in that in that flow, or when you yeah. reach that then you can start having a very different conversation with yourself and with the world and with nature. Yeah. <laughs> different to the kind of conversation that you would yeah. have, uh, for instance, if you have a short walk in the park or, or yeah. in the mountain. Well, thank you, Alex. And I have heard one of your stories and I'm going to refer to it in a moment. But to set a little bit more about context for today's interview with Tetramat, Alex has been a huge part of the Tetramap family for many years. He's a licensee for Tetramap in Mexico and one of our most amazing master facilitators. He's always full of fun, laughter, challenges, and brings an immense sense of energy into the room. So he's just a wonderful guy to have in our team. And I think, as you've heard already, Alex is a great storyteller. He's a photographer. And I remember a few years back, hearing him tell his story about summiting Everest in a leadership context. And one of his key messages, which stayed with me forever, was about commitment. And he used the metaphor of the curve of the ice pick. And I don't know if you remember that, that uh, presentation that you did, Alex, because I know you do many of them. But I just wondered if you could tell our listeners about why the ice pick is curved that way and how that means commitment. Yes, I still remember that presentation that, that I did in, in New Zealand as it was a very memorable trip in my life. So I am happy to hear that you remember the metaphor and the story I shared. And basically in, in climbing, uh, both in ice and rock, we have an, an expression that is committed to be committed when you are do, when you are climbing a phase means that the movement that you are doing has no reverse. There is no way backwards. You can only move forward. So you tell your partner, "I am going to commit." That means I'm going to continue, and I am either going to be successful or I am taking a fall. So be ready to catch me. And it's just a metaphor that I love to share because the amazing thing about committing when you are climbing a face in a mountain is in the right in the second when you do the movement, something changes in a very powerful way in your mind, in your heart, and in, in your muscles. And you are like totally ready to continue. So 
after a while when you are stuck and you finally commit and, and make the movement, you always ask yourself, why it took me so much to, to gain the courage to, to make that movement and, and just continue the climb? And, and you see, Alex, it was very, very memorable. And I can remember you describing it just as powerfully as that uh, at our workshop that you did. And it really stuck in my mind. There is no way back once you've committed. The ice pick is curved, so you can't take it back out. Um, I just thought you, you might like to know that that stuck with me. That's probably nearly 10 years ago, that uh, session that you did for us. <laughs> <laughs> nice to hear. <laughs> There you go, you see. So before we kick off our conversation, um, is it a bit more structured, Alex, is there anything you'd particularly like to add um, about yourself or your work? Maybe just to share that TetraMap is at the core of not only uh, my business here in, in, in this part of the world, but in, in my whole life. So that's why I am so happy to to be able to, to live and work with a tool that is so powerful and easy to apply and share it in my life, and, but also in the, as the key tool that we use in, in, in our business. Thanks, Alex. Well, I think that feeling is mutual and you're definitely a key part of our team too. So we, we decided, as you know, to call this podcast In Your Element as it aptly describes the work that we do with nature, with teams, and the whole essence feeling great about being uniquely you. So Alex, when you are in your element, what are you doing, thinking or feeling? Uh, actually, I am not kind of thinking or feeling when I am in my, in my element. I am just, I just get into this flow. I am creating, I am moving forward towards a better future with a lot of energy and it happens in such a way that many times I am not even totally aware about it. That's why maybe I, I love to run in the mountains because the metaphor of, of being uh, moving and, and reaching the top is a very physical action of, of building the future and moving toward the future. And when I am working, this happens when, when I can be within a team and we are having this, something like this is happening, but through conversations and dialogue. And we are so immersed into the future and the possibilities. And then is when I feel I am in my, in my element. That's cool. What a great illustration, Alex. And you've mentioned nature several times already. So can you tell me something, why that's so important to you? And how does nature relate to human nature, if at all? Yes, well, I, I can tell you, I, I was raised fishing, hunting, and gardening. And living, living in the Gulf of Mexico in the coast, yeah. uh, we were, our, even our weekends were either at the beach or, or hunting or fishing, more fishing. And, and the outdoors. I was even, we have a lagoon right in the center of the city. So even in the weekdays, we would go fishing. I would go fishing with my brothers. So we, we could walk for an hour to reach the lake and then fish. So I, I grew up very used to see the sunset and just to be in nature. But then when I was 10 years old, 
we move from the coast to the, to the city of the mountains, which is Monterrey. And as happened, Luis, at the time when, when my father was losing his job and we were six, five brothers and one sister, and my brothers, my older brothers, they were stepping into college and high school. So you can imagine the load in, in my family around money and finance. Mm. So, so a life of many possibilities in the coast all of a sudden shrunk wow. to, to, to not a lot of possibilities. Nice. As I was walking every day to, to school, I was 10 years old and I had to walk like four blocks and then make a turn and go downhill a little mountain. You know, we have mountains all over the place here, mostly kind of around the city. So I had to cut through the hill of this big mountain. And as I was turning around the corner every single day, I was able to see the Sierra Madre. The Sierra Madre is the, the mountain that goes all along Mexico. Yeah. And it is like a big wall. It is, it raises around 1,500 meters from the city. And it's just a wall that we have this valley and then this huge wall that runs all along the city. So every single day I would stare at the mountain and ask myself, can I get to the top? And if I was able to get to the top, what am I going to be able to see? Right. Oh, how cool. And this happened since I was 10 years old. And finally, the day that I got to the top of that mountain was almost 10 years after. And that day, I said, how come I spent 10 years wishing and asking myself how the view was from here? If I, cannot, if I could only have tried before. That day, it was a lot of mist. It was like I felt I was in Peru or Bolivia or even Nepal. And it was just a day going back and forth, but going forth and back, I mean, but totally transported myself to an, into another or maybe into several different worlds. Everything in the same day and all that happened in nature. So I got hooked to nature <laughs> and to the mountains in a different way because then my fishing and hunting desire disappeared almost all of a sudden. And then I just started to climb and walk in the mountains as much as I could. So, and that's continued ever since then, obviously. And when you reach the top of Mount Everest, you know, many of us have seen on television what that, what that summit experience looks like. And, and what sort of day was it for you when you reached the top of Mount Everest, Alex? Well, it was basically what I felt that day when I finally climbed the Sierra Madre, this peak that we have just here in, in town. And it was almost the same emotions, obviously in a different context. But for, two, for the two of them, I almost spent 10 years of my life asking myself, how is it going to be when I finally reach the top? So it took me 10 years almost to reach the top of the Sierra Madre. 
And from that point until I got to the top of Mount Everest, it was another 10 years. But now in the middle, or those 10 years, is instead of just stare to the mountains and ask what it feels like if you get to the top, now I was climbing all around the world, in South America, in North America, uh, mm. training and getting ready for, for Everest. Cool. What a story. And it's so important to you. And it's interesting hearing you reflect on that and those those journeys that you faced and thinking about getting to the top, getting to the top, what will I see? And just making a start and getting there and then, you know, learning as you're going and continually having that next challenge lying ahead of you, but doing things in between each day. And I think that's a good lesson for us, isn't it? It's no point in waiting 10 years to achieve the next thing. There's something we can do every single day to take us towards our next challenge, whatever it might be. Yes, exactly. And as I was working on this, on this goal of Everest, and, and I got hooked into climbing just because of that day when I finally decided to give it a try. At the same time, I had the other story where everything around home was getting complicated. And so every, every year we had less money to do things, less opportunities. But then also at the same time as my brothers, my older brothers and sister got to, to manage to, to graduate from college. So as, as it was getting complicated on, on some part of the story, but then my brothers managed to graduate and they started to work. So then they started to fund my, my studies and my travel. So uh, finally it worked out and progressing somehow succeed over the scenario that we all were facing. Mm. And, well, what a lovely yeah. story and what a lovely um, family that you have who, you know, supported each other through that, through that challenging time. So thank you for sharing that with us, Alex. Thank you very much. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, interesting story. That I didn't know all that, Alex. I didn't know all that about you. And I've known you for a, quite a long time. And once people have the opportunity to share something, what, what really happens? Well, Alex, I asked you to prepare if you had a short reading or a quote and tell us which one you've chosen and why. Yes. Well, one of the, of the stories that I love it's about Sir Ernest Shackleton. Yeah. Uh, tragedy or, or the, the endurance expedition in the South Pole that was a big odyssey, a big ordeal. And I just love that story. So, so the book that I love is, is his book, which is called South, the Endurance Expedition. And the quote that I love from this book was... Uh, how he gathered his team to, to confirm the team for his goal to cross Antarctica. So, so the story behind this story is that one of his, of his dreams was to reach the South Pole. But then someone, a Mutsen, got, got ahead of him and reached the South Pole first. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah. So kind of the next big adventure in the world, in the planet, was to cross Antarctica. So he used a piece of paper to gather the team. 
to get the team ready. And I love what he wrote, publish in order in the, in the newspaper in order to get the people together, which is men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long mo- months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think you read that and you say, uh, do you really want to get into that journey? It was not an invitation uh, for a maybe. It was, the answer was either a full yes or yeah. no, never mind it, uh, don't count on, on me. Yeah, and so interesting that you've chosen Ernest Shackleton's story to uh, share a quote from Alex because it is such an incredible journey. So I will share um, the quote, the advertisement that you mention, and um, the book that you've taken it from in the show notes. So if others want to read about Ernest Shackleton's story uh, as a leadership lesson, they can. So thank you very much for that one. It's again mm-hmm. referring back to this full commitment. What was it that you said? Safe down, the safe return is doubtful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very doubtful, but um, we won't spoil the story for those that haven't read it yet, right? <laughs> yes, and, and there are a couple of, of books out there that they are really good. Whichever you pick is a, a good one. And yeah. there, is, there is one that is called uh, Chuckleton's Way, Leadership Lessons from the Great Antarctic Explorer. Yes. It is, a, it is a great book. It is a great book and I have read it myself and I, I, I loved it too. So I'll put a reference to that in the show notes. Thank you, Alex. Great one. I loved it. <laughs> well, um, moving on then. So I wondered I asked you to identify a story about your work, either with Tetramap or not, that is particularly meaningful for you and something that's maybe been a surprise, a highlight, or a great learning experience. I have a story, and I, I had a few that I wanted to share, but, but I chose this one because I think is, uh, it remembers the wisdom in, in humanity and the challenges we face, and is, of course, based in, in Tetramap. Cool. So the, the, the story is, I had a colleague working in our team, and he was the son of the boss of my boss when I used to work in a big company. At that time, I was working in that company in Semex, and I was working in logistics and mathematical simulation, logistics, and all that world was, was my world as an engineer. The father of my colleague was the head of the division of logistics and he represented my aspirations in the corporate ladder and his work, his value that he brought to the company was kind of my aspiration. So one day this guy calls me and asks me, hey, my son wants to work with you. So Carlos, his son, started to work with me and then he got uh, registered for the Setramap certification. So just a few days maybe even the day before the certification, he calls me and says, and asks, can my father join the certification? I was, I was totally surprised, like, wow, like, 
your father, that guy wants to actually join the Tetromap certification. And at that time, his father was a consultant in logistics in Latin America. Uh, so when I get to talk briefly to him, he shared, you know, Alex, we know the systems, the logistic systems, so the company can save a lot of money. But these systems, at the end, they work great or not, not because of the system, but how it is communicated and implemented in, in the company. And so I think these systems, we need to improve them, knowing, learning more about people, what moves them, what don't move them. And from what Carlos had told me, has told me, I think Tetramap can help me to understand that better. The short story is that they get certified. Uh, next day after the, the certification was over, I was driving to, to another city for a workshop and I called Carlos to thank him for inviting his father. It was very memorable for me to have both of them in the room. So Carlos said something like this. Alex, after this certification, it is kind of the first time that I can sit down with my father and have a conversation where I totally feel understood and that he's listening to me and that he embraces me totally as I am. So, wow, that, that kind of struck me in how powerful Tetramap was to give an, a, to a father and a son a new understanding. And his father, who is awesome and very successful, as Carlos explained to me, was just sharing his model of life, of success, which is a lot of hard work and to build the progress and, and the process to get there in a very disciplined and determined way, the way things at the end work. And Carlos had an approach of life more easygoing and, and to enjoy another different things. Like he did an amazing trip and around, around the world for a year. In this trip, he found his girlfriend from years behind and they hook up again. And just because of that trip, very open trip, like kind of a hippie trip for Carlos. Now, Carlos and his wife uh, live in Uruguay. They both are certified. They run an amazing consulting business. And they are, they are just as happy and successful as you can, you can wish your son to be. So, mm. And I just had a conversation today with Carlos. Hey, Carlos, I want to share this story and I, I want to make sure I remember it right. So, so what yeah. I just shared was refreshed by Carlos uh, actually just a few minutes before this conversation, Luis. Thank you. This power of Tetramap, not only in families, but, it, but in teams, this yeah. new understanding. And that's why I, I love this, this story. Thank you for that. That's a... a I think the small, powerful stories about relationships are so incredible. And that's one of the reasons why I always say to people, not just at the certification course, but other places, Tetramap is a gift and it enables people to share something about themselves with others and to receive something 
from other people too in a way that's so non-judgmental that's a really great story for Carlos and imagine in into the future that's how he's gone ahead and his memories of his father will become so much more powerful because of that encounter but his father also sounds like a very wise man in terms of coming along to something he knew that you know it wasn't just about the system but it was about how we communicated the system to engage the people in the team very cool story thank you yeah yeah i, I love that story and i love carlos and his father and i am sure they are going to be listening to this podcast so thank you for <laughs> letting me sharing the the story and and it's just an amazing amazing friendship that we have and, and development together in all these years brilliant finally our last question tetramap is really all about developing great teams naturally and i wondered if there was something that you'd like to share on that that would be a great gift for our listeners to take away with them uh, yes I, i think all of the the key moments in a team happen somehow when they are together learning doing having a, a great conversation so in in all our processes when we are working from strategic planning to team building to training with teams we are inviting them to bring to the conversation stories and concrete examples of what they are trying to share and explain and by putting a lot of emphasis in tell me a story show me an example a real example it helps the team to move forward mostly when you are having difficult conversations or challenging conversations and we try to stop the conversation conversation when we are using a lot of concepts or generalizations and that is something that we do th- with images with lego serious play process and the framework uh, that tetramap brings to a team Just don't tell me the concept or the idea but give me a very concrete example and right. by doing that uh, the team can move forward in a better way and the harder the topic or the conversation the more important that we that we bring very specific stories and examples to make it to the other one uh, easier to understand and to take away the feeling that we bring to a conversation when we are talking with generalizations uh, it's harder to listen when the other one is talking with big generalizations of the wise or the house and he's just sharing a concrete example of yeah. what he's trying to say so it's easier to follow to the guy who is speaking yeah. oh so that's so you would say when the teams get together and they're talking about a challenge or a problem you encourage them to say give me a real tell me a story and give me a real example so that people can get to the concrete thing that they can need to grasp to move forward yes yeah. exactly that's a great tip I, i i'll try that one myself thank you alex um well thank you so much for sharing all those wonderful stories tips and and gems about yourself and others and if people listening to the podcast would like to get in touch with you I'll add your details in the show notes but how is the best way for them to get in touch with you Alex by email uh, which also can be in the information 
attached to the podcast as it is a little bit long. Okay, I'll attach that, uh, certainly. Yeah, and it's in, in Spanish, so to do not misspell anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we just love to connect myself and my colleagues at, at Odyssey. We love to connect, so it would be great to go further into storytelling or our work uh, here in, in Mexico and Latin America or Skype or Zoom, whatever the platform that we use. Mm. I would love to hear from people around the world. Well, I can honestly say to any listeners, if you experience um, any, any workshop run by Alex or people in his team, it will be something highly active, highly powerful and highly valuable for you to take away and use. So Alex, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to have you with us on the In Your Element podcast. And thanks again for being such a cool member of our Tetramap family. Thank you, Luis, for this opportunity to share and learn with you. Look forward into the future. Yeah. Thanks again, Alex. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.